You're listening to Red Nation Online. a gang of four podcasts with Prospect 11's Aaron Nielsen, Kamal Hilton, Steve Perry, and I'm Ian Clark. And we're back from one of the best TFC home games in recent memory as the Reds down San Jose 3-1. It's a bit of deja vu from last weekend as once again we gush over Jovinko. But this weekend, the weak link stayed strong. And once again, Justin Morrow was the defensive anchor that kept things in check. In fact, this might be the first Eastside stand-up podcast where we don't complain about anything. We run through the match, tip our hat to the south end, and pay tribute to Dwayne DiRosario. All this over the next 40 minutes. You're listening to East Side Stand Up. Let's take care of this. Let's take care of this. I, I think I was gonna I was gonna preface this by saying there could be a certain level of abruptness to this episode, depending on how the weather holds. We're on the rooftop studios, we can see we can see west. Everything looks looks okay for now, but this is I think this might be the first game where it's like we've gotten drenched and a suntan in the same game. Were you uh, were you allowed in the stadium at the beginning of the game? Yeah. Like uh, yeah, we, on the we kickoff. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, well, they, they held us back. Because was, there, there wasn't enough space, and they wouldn't let people in the stands. Okay. Like, they kept us below. Is that what you're talking about? No, well, we were on the second level, and we arrived literally, like, 4.30. You got, so we just you got walked in the to gate? the gate, and they... Yeah, we got in the gate. The, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The floor yeah, was no, ramped, we, right? And they said, you can't just go outside, We had right? the same... I had the oh, same okay, thing. Okay. No, that was the same. Sorry, Sorry I was wondering if it was classism for the second level. I got to have something to write about TFC now that they're winning, right? I need some sort of derogatory story, right? I mean, with lightning, this doesn't make sense for people to be standing on the There was a moment where this game wasn't even going to happen. I I would say. I didn't think the game was going to happen. And someone got a Twitter feed from TFC saying uh, there's been a 30-minute delay. And then the next thing that I know, we're like five minutes later, we're getting let in. And then the game's starting, like right away. I don't know what happened to that 30 minute tweet. I, I thought uh, tweet the game was canceled, not because of the weather, but because they couldn't put the promo video up on the video board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they couldn't get the sponsorships. <laughs> they didn't get enough fireworks going. But. Yeah, no kidding. The fireworks <laughs> were extinguished immediately. Well, the thing I was going to say was it's a good thing that this worked out in the end because for me, I don't know if it's uh, just you know the overall elation of the result and the performance, but definitely of late, that's probably one of the most exciting TFC games I've seen in a couple seasons at home. Yeah, I wasn't here for like three weeks, so I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe I'm a good luck charm. <laughs> Not with that shirt, Kamal. <laughs> hey, Not with that Arsenal shirt. He won shirt. the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, you're feeling good. You're That's feeling a good. true Arsenal What did shirt. Liverpool do? <laughs> oh! oh. But, okay. but I don't mean to one-up you, but I mean, I would have to say, I mean, I was thinking that actually in the stadium was that that was the best, that was the best game I've ever seen Toronto FC play. And there's a couple of things that back it up uh, that I'll say. 
So this is the first time I've seen the ball being put in the six yard box where it's supposed to be. And at first no one was there, but by the end people were making it there, making it to the six yard box yeah, and there were yeah. some near misses. And I would say that the last 30 minutes we weren't under the gun the whole entire time. We were actually attacking and we actually had chances on net. And I felt that when the fireworks went off at the end, there was actually authentic cheers <laughs> for the first time that I've ever been to the stadium. Well, I, noticed, I noticed that with, it, partly it's due to the weather, but I noticed that with the supporter section because where we were, we were on top of the supporter section, so we got a good view of that. Unfortunately, because in the first half, the goals were scored on the other side, so we yeah, didn't really yeah. see Cravel's or Morrow's goal other than, you know, yeah. from, from distance away. Distance, for sure. But it was interesting because usually when you go to a TFC game, the support is at the beginning of the game and everyone's all hyped up and then by the end of the game everyone's all, you know now, now of course you get the typical toronto crowd where they leave 10 minutes or 20 minutes before yeah. it ends anyway so the crowd's smaller but the singing and you know and part of that's winning but the singing and the enjoyment of the game certainly was no. more and and i think we've talked about this i think i agree with you this is the first time i ever seen tfc take control of a game like when it there win was a it. lot of more fireworks even like a lot yeah. more uh, flares going off and there's t- tons more smoke there's the kid next to me was going oh there's more smoke it's like it's like <laughs> that was exciting to him right and i thought that was yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And you're right i think and if you encapsulate score. the scoreline as a whole i mean the it was 3-1 for toronto c with the one San Jose goal coming from a handball in the box yeah. so it wasn't from open play like our goals were and and our goals were exciting goals like they were good goals. like Luke Moore's goal that was fantastic even Gravel's yeah, goal yeah, uh, even Moore's like goal, yeah. and, and Moro's and Moro's goal was insanely great that diving header it was fantastic I mean we saw it because it was close up to us we, it was that was beautiful it was, and even that, that's when they got the board working we got to see the replay oh, yeah. of that one so <laughs> well, I was on the fritz yeah. I was on the fritz today but we did get to see a few replays yeah I liked how Juvinko played obviously I mean it's an obvious Fantastic thing to say yeah. but yeah he, he looks really impressive so you wouldn't have seen last week then no, no last no, week no, last no. week was probably the, was like the first game where it was just like start to finish this like every and this game is the same thing every yeah. attacking note of, of of note has his name in it Every play that was like a, a legitimate threat on goal is either him or him laying it off to someone else. It's it's well, I, I would be I would be far more ecstatic today if last week's game never existed because at the end of the last week's game, you know, and and I get this from watching a lot of MLS, not only Giovinco, and we only won one nothing, but it looked like a team that would consistently play well against teams this season. So I I think I ended up with a tweet like, oh, playoff bound Toronto FC, like. You know, it's now, <laughs> knock on wood, since we're on the picnic bench. But uh, if people gave me good odds, you know, I'd certainly have TFC as a playoff team now. And, and it shows that. And it so like I think tonight was, or today was almost like the cherry on top of the cake or the icing on. And, and today, watching cake. players, they actually supported each other. Like I, I saw, I saw lots of uh, midfielders and defensemen working together. Like I, I saw. Graval and uh, Morrow working together, and I saw like uh, Osario and Morgan all the time on the outside. They were like double teaming players to like mark them out and keep them outside, and just like I, I'm not used to seeing them work together as a team. I was like, today was the best game I've ever seen them play technically as well. Like I th- just thought I felt defensively, offensively, well, they were also all giving the... each other balls. They yeah. was like they weren't being selfish. They were be- like it was. Fantastic. Just this, fantastic. This is also probably the third week that Toronto, you know, for lack of a better term for positions, where they've sort of used the three-holding midfield role and allowed uh, Bradley to, to get up and yeah. run more and stuff like that. So it's, <laughs> I hate to say this, 
but it's actually Toronto's made a smart tactical decision as well, right? It's just not all, no, you know, certainly we'll go into the storage with Dravinko, but, you know, there's there's cohesion, cohesion with, yeah, with the whole sure. team. But they have to them. do it for Altador, like for missing Altador, I think. They need to have that, tri- that triangle up front. His, his injury has almost been a blessing in disguise because yeah. it's, it's forced them to not just throw out their best players and say, just go out there and be our best players. You're down one of them, and now a guy's coming in where it seems like they look at Luke Moore like, okay, Luke Moore is going to just have to do a, a defined role. And you're gonna, he's going to have to play a defined way, and now we're, everything's going to change for everyone else, yeah. which but, means... So we were looking, we were talking about formation, though. Can we talk about formation for Why a not? Because yeah. we're, like, we're trying to figure out the formation, and it looks like they're playing a diamond in the middle for the midfielders with, uh, with Bradley up front and uh, uh, in the back, on the bottom, and then the two mid, the outside Osorio and, and Warner. Yeah, Warren. 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 I could have sworn they called. They said, but his first name's Warren. They might have got that wrong, not me. They so, might have said Colin Warner, but it was actually Warren Crevel who got the start. Oh, and okay, a great okay. goal, by the way. It I, was a nice goal. I mean, I've, I've railed really on him well. before, but he he scored a great goal today. Fantastic goal. Anyway, uh, so we were trying to figure out the formation. We thought it was like a four. What did you call it? A four-three-two? Four-three-one-two? Four, yeah. And. Yeah, but then which is, that, that's yeah, that's that's pretty much. It's kind yeah. of, yeah, which is pretty much. Or that's almost, or you could almost say four, three, two, one. So, if, wh- if you have Dravinko, you know, because Dravinko's everywhere, right? So, yeah. So it's a changing formation based on what he's playing, right? But yeah. he plays that attacking midfield role, and he also plays that striker role, right? So you brought up the point, Ian, about Josie and the team not having to figure out how to play without him. How do you think? Because they're gonna when he comes back. I'm assuming I don't know how long he's out for. You guys might know better than I do. But when he comes back, how does that change things? Because he's not gonna come off the bench. No. no well, I guess sorry. the good news is the Gold Cup is <laughs> is coming. So technically, the timing is right uh, for him to return from injury because he'll be gone right away. It that's I think it's gonna be tricky. I'd be interested to see if they look at. Because he just doesn't play the same style, obviously, as Luke Moore, right? Uh, he's, he seems to be more, more front-to-goal than back-to-goal uh, striker, and that changes everything up. I think they might try but I don't to... Think, I don't think it changes the way Javinko plays, because Javinko no. always has played well with him. So I don't. I, I think he'll fit in fine. But the reason actually. why I bring that up is as it more and more becomes Javinko's team then, and then the focus becomes Javinko, Javinko, and then you bring him in, won't that upset... I don't think so because Javinko doesn't seem to be a selfish player. He seems to do a lot of uh, support and setting up players. And I think, like, I mean, you saw it today, but uh, that's what he also did for Altador. Like, he was always feeding Altador, yeah. like, the, the ball. So, I mean, that's how he was, that's how Josie Altador was getting goals. I mean, it was just because Javinko was. Yeah, and you would expect on that. the more goal, you'd expect uh, Altador to convert that as well. And, that, yeah, and that's just, all he had to do, was run into the box and, and, and connect with the cross, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think they're both capable of that, or, or certainly Altador is. Well, I guess... I don't think he's going to be left out, and I think he's going to fit in great, and I think Luke Moore is going to wind up sitting, riding the pines a bit more. I right? guess that means it puts more importance on Ashton Morgan than as a wide player getting balls into the box. Because isn't that how things kind of evolved when he started playing and he was more of the wide threat because the team didn't really have that wide threat at the time. Yeah, then I would say now that Morrow is locked down as a right back, um, it looks like there is balance, you know what I mean, in terms of width and being able to go up the middle. So 
I Justin Morris, Morrow showed it. Like when that ball was going out, and he just like kept it in play. That in that I think it was the first and they time. kicked it up to midfield, and we, and right. we collected and, it back. So we, that yeah, gave us possession back. It was like great work by Morrow, and Morrow had just had a fantastic game. So yeah, anyway, I just I I don't know. I think yeah, I think you're seeing the the flanks uh, through our through our wing backs, if you will. I mean, the wing back thing is sort of really starting to develop a bit. I mean. Well, the, and interestingly enough, we first saw it with Marvell Wynn, like in year one or two, right? And then Marvell Wynn was playing. We were playing against Marvell Wynn today. Got to and, see that throw. Of his and Justin Morrow was playing against his old team today. Yeah. It was actually the the match of uh, wingbacks yeah. playing against the former clubs. Yeah. And if we just uh, you know tip off a few of the points of this game, that that opening goal in the twenty second minute. <laughs> yeah. And we'd already seen Jovinko hit the woodwork like five minutes oh. before. I'm sort of guesstimating. And, and of, ten, minutes, of, 10 minutes, ten yeah, minutes left yeah, in the no, game no, too. No clock. <laughs> ten minutes left in the game. He oh, the, the post. free kick! Yeah, the free that, kick! That Unbelievable! Insane! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love watching him play. Yeah, it's, it's funny because you know, not to uh, take away Kamal's and I's fan of the game, but uh, by 80th or 70th minute in the second half, we were fighting mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> we were dealing with the rain. Uh, we were dealing with weed and drunk people around us. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was funny, cause, and we were talking. But it was funny because as soon as Jovinko touched the ball, I was like, oh, watch, watch this, or yeah. watch this. And that was the more goal. And then the free kick. And the free kick was literally when everyone would usually leave a TFC game. Yeah. But I think people stuck around for the final five minutes just yeah. to see. If there was more you know, hoorah, yeah. more, more fireworks. And it's, I just think it's really... I'm sitting there watching him stand over that ball, and I'm like, "Oh, this is like it's never like it's not going to happen." Then I'm used to thinking like he's going to curl it short side, and you can say that confidently that that he's going to go for it, and you're just like, "Holy fuck, he's gonna it's going to go in," and just hits the woodwork. You're like, "Shit, that would have been well." That's the roof would have come off. That's the incredible. (laughs) That's the incredible thing about soccer is is a guy like Messi or Ronaldo get 50 goals, get goal more goals a season. Than the average MLS team, or almost twice as much an average MLS team, right? So this is possible, right? If you're that good, if the opportunity presents itself. So it's great that we're, you know, yeah. get, get to actually witness it firsthand. Yeah, for a change. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as we keep gushing through this game, uh, the one, the one low point, I suppose, was one minute after the opening goal, which was incredible, was uh, the handball, and that was another one where I was. Well, I guess you could say uh, Konopka guessed right because it seems like Wondolowski always goes bottom left corner, yeah, yeah. and he did that again for 101 MLS goals. Yeah. I guess that was. I guess we got a, it was a bit of a blessing that we didn't have to deal with. Uh, well, the interesting thing, just to give, yeah. I guess, give San Jose kind of credit, like they're very, you know, I think the the what's his name, the coach for Houston now coaches them, but they're very structured, right? Yeah. And one of the interesting thing is, is they play that classic big man, small man forward right and they have Wondolowski hiding behind this guy John and you know you know because you you know play the game but it seems the defender even though they know Wondolowski is the hundred times better player they naturally go to the bigger guy because they feel that that guy is going to be more more of a threat and and it wasn't necessary it was part of the handball that that led to the penalty but even shortly after that where San Jose you know it was a back and forth game yeah, yeah. that first 30 minutes he was that was the only advantage San Jose had, right? When he was able to get free or when he was get, given opportunities and stuff like that. Well, John made it difficult, and he kept on taking runs at, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Perkis, maybe, or was it uh, It was Perkis at the start, and then Zavalada and him were going toe-to-toe pretty much for the rest of the game. But, and 
I think Zavaleta had a better game than he did last week for sure. Like I think like I was complaining about how bad he was playing and I just felt that he was because he was out of his position and stuff. And maybe he's learned the position in a week or two. Or, <laughs> but you know, but I, I mean I felt that he did have a better game and he did seem to mark out the I mean they did they handled them pretty well I thought mostly except for that with the you know yeah, I mean Yeah, well to get just to give because uh, I heard the podcast you guys did last week and just to give Zavaleta background other than, you know, the Vanny story. Um he, in college, he was the big man, right? So he did play with Indiana, as, as Ian mentioned last week, and he started out as a defender, and then they moved him up front because they thought having a big guy up front is yes. a better attacking role. Sure. So the issue always with him... So he did have... But he did have... Yeah, he, and the big issue always with him has always been this technical ability, right? He's always been athletically gifted. He's always a tall guy. So he's one of those guys... And there's a few. There's actually a few, you know, floating yeah. around the MLS who they can rotate in that sort of center back and potentially center forward if you need it kind of thing, right? <laughs> it's an odd thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was an, I thought it was, that was an interesting matchup most of the game. And I don't know how much you know about John's background because I don't know that much. But it, I was saying, I was sort of saying through this game, like if there was a center forward with just a, a little bit more experience probably and more uh, established, we may have been punished on some of those crosses. Yeah, easier because he, could, he yeah. couldn't get it on. He couldn't nod it on yeah. target. Yeah. He, he, get, he was winning the headers, but he wasn't getting it a dangerous ball on goal. Yeah, he's your classic college player. He went to Stanford, was the big man at Stanford. Um, he wasn't necessarily a draft prospect, but then Stanford had kind of a run in that championship, and so he was drafted. And you know, and and he's been given opportunities. You know, the interesting thing with San Jose is they're always the Gordon Leinart show. And then for one season, in terms of injuries, both of them got injured long-term once. And so San Jose has to sort of redevelop their whole system and their whole team and how they, uh, you know, play and stuff like that. But he does. He's just basically your big man kind of guy, but not fully yeah. developed. Yeah, and that was like, there was maybe about 10 minutes in that first half where a lot of this game, at least on the score on the scoreboard, all happened because that was the, the one where Morgan put the ball kind of in the no one. And then San Jose collected it up, and that Niasi guy, yeah. he, he fed it too far ahead, and Joe Vinko just took his legs out. Play on, mm-hmm. says the ref. And then I think it was Moore laid it back to Craval, who just slammed it low post, home for the, which would go ahead to be the winning goal. Niasi did a few dangerous things. Like, I saw him do a couple of dangerous kicks and also uh, some stuff. I, was, I felt like he had his stuff coming to him at some point, and he eventually got... Uh, swapped out, uh, I think, near the in the second half. But he had a yellow card to this game. Yeah, and I just, he I think also, that's, I think that's why where the ref was sort, sort of playing, <laughs> like he sort of played on right with it. But the ref didn't call many things, and he let a lot of things kind of get a little bit out of hand. Like I felt like, you know, there's a different. I, mean, I don't know. There's a there's certainly a general like there's certainly a, a fine line between, you know, letting the game play and and then calling things. And I think, you know, at, in the first half, we started seeing it get real chippy. Like, I thought there's going to be a bench clearing at some point here. I, I you know, I was thinking there's going to... I mean, I saw people going after each other, and I just thought, this guy's let this game get out of hand. It's going to end up in a fight. Yeah, thinking of the what Aaron said about Leonard and Gordon. Oh, yeah, yeah. They used to play under... under um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Frankie well. Allop. I would have thought back then that's when they was really physical, but I wasn't expecting that as much with uh, Dominic Kinnear with this team, because they they've kind of and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but they've kind of played a tiny bit more technical, especially when they had um, 
Innocent. Yeah, innocent. Yeah. Innocent yeah. Megara yeah. playing up front. But with him gone now and they went with John, they, they're able to play a, a lot more physical and, and, and kind of dominate the game that way. Yeah, and the only the only issue in terms of not making this the happiest TFC podcast ever, is like the last time I was on a podcast with you, was is they're playing Orlando, and Orlando is projected to be one of the poorest teams in the East, and San Jose is projected to be one of the poorest teams in the West, right? Mm-hmm. So the one thing, I actually was quite impressed by the away game in New England. I thought you know outside of you know losing the win, I thought they played well in that game. But it's still those teams. It's still when Columbus comes here. It's still when New England comes here. It's still when um, DC United, I guess, comes here or the Red Bulls come here. It's those games. If we can have these performances against those teams, yeah, that's the, then the, then you can the then we can start the ticker type parade. Yeah. Well, I think and that's fair. I mean, those those are the games that benchmark say this is improvement. This is a game I would say is. And Toronto's never been good at this. Getting the results against the type of opposition they should get these yeah. kind of results against. Like this is a game where we've seen, I remember at the start of, like against San Jose at the start of 2012, when we were like, oh, we're so good. We beat LA in the Champions League. And we were just getting throttled at home against teams that were just not that great. And we just didn't even show up. So for us, for us to now to kind of, and it's from Houston to Portland to this game, and I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself or, or drawing too much of a conclusion, but it's been, it feels like it's been incremental. Like it went from a just a dud yeah, yeah. to a game last week where it was like right. there was points, and then today where it's kind of looks like they're starting to point, connect. It could be the opposition, right? It could be about who we're playing. Well, and again, on, on a positive spin on that, um, you know, and Bradley fits in this category too because he's always a workhorse. He's always puts his hundred percent in. But it does you know we can go back to praising Javinko, right? Because you know it's him seeing these opportunities and taking advantage of them, right? Yeah, it's other sure. people. It's people who. You know, get caught up in their own notes and, and think we can beat this team that don't try, right? It's him knowing that if I get four goals against San Jose this season and have 20 goals at the end of the year, I'm still going to be looked at as a great player because I scored the goal no matter who I got them against, right? And it's certainly in the second half, you know... He brought the magic. Yeah, he I brought mean, it. Yeah, he's, he the fl- he's the yeah. flicks and tricks man, and, yeah. and he certainly does the stepovers really well. He can, he's can. he got pace. Yeah, the, He turns the, people in. He the, turns play the, that, the play out, that right? led to the free kick, where he literally probably ran from his own 18-yard box <laughs> to the second. And this is at, you know, the 88th minute of the game. Right? Yeah, yeah, when he should be exhausted, right? Yeah. Well, and that's... Yeah, that's the two... One thing I noticed of him in the second half is points where... We've seen guys like that just be walking around. Yeah. He's still running to like pick up the ball, and people are feeding him balls out diagonally towards the corner, and he's chasing them down as he was in the first. But there was a play in the 54th where he picked up the ball deep in our end, like hemmed on the line, I don't know if you remember this, and he dribbled through the whole team, and they had to foul him, and that was the yellow card. Mm. And then the goal, the other thing, that the other observation of, of him that's just like, you know, you look at that, and I wanted to touch on Aaron before he came to this team, some of the observations you had of him. But, you know, when they when they lift the ball over the top to him, how he doesn't break stride and collects the ball on, like, on the, on the bounce, on the right, yeah. and, and controls it and, and then, f- like, flattens it out, uh, and is able to do that on the run without breaking stride and continue with the play. And... Kind of touching into you know, at He's the a start of footwork for sure. And you had the you know your article on him at the start of the year, kind of saying these are the pros and cons, and made the bold prediction he could be the best DP ever yeah. in this legal something along. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and that may have got a few scoffs. But when you look at 
that you know we, there's been obviously some great DPs in this league who've had put up some big numbers and of course like someone like Thierry Henry but I don't think we've had someone who still had so much in the tank you know still has their legs in their yeah, prime yeah, yeah. right and still had been able to go 90 well, minutes you know and, it, and, it, and, and the plot of this is a great story but the key to the story to Toronto FC, even beyond this season, is Javinko staying with Toronto FC. Because not only that, and the other thing I was going to say, is the crowd relates to him, right? Like, like the crowd is actually, you know, and I, I, I went to a couple of games where Defoe was playing. I went to some other, you know, other TFC games and stuff like that. But, you know, when he's touching the ball, the crowd reacts to him. When he, you know, it's yeah. becoming, it's, it's becoming very Ronaldo Messi-esque, right? You know, where the crowd is, yeah. is enthralled with his action as much as he's enthralled with his action. And if that can relationship continue to build, you know, where they appreciate each other, yeah. you know, There'll the, be a the lot more people wearing Javinko shirts. <laughs> yeah. is, there, is there a fear that he'll get bored at all? Well, the, the only thing, the only thing I, I kind of like... I think he's a big fish, though, in a small pond, right? And that does wonders for your ego and for your playing. And I think he's teaching a lot of people. So, but you're right, he could get bored. Like there's not. The, here's, we've seen it with Laurent Robert, and like he, like, you know, after after two games, he was like done. You know, like <laughs> no, but like the people we've had who've come in, they've all lost. Most of them have lost interest, right? Like, yeah, that's we're, we're, we're beginning to sound like Newcastle fans. Genoa, <laughs> Genoa. <laughs> the only thing that I'm sort of like, obviously, I'm I'm super pumped these last couple games and getting very excited, but I was very excited this time last year right before the world cup and through the world cup and i was like oh my gosh we're like third place we're we're gunning for first and and it really came crashing down so and we know how quickly things can can change where who knows what happens and giovinco gets depressed or i don't know something right yeah so i that's always something that's in the back of your mind and you're right yeah there is however i think think, to be honest with you i think again i think italian culture is different than English culture, right? Because the one other thing about the foe, and, and you know, I was partly because, you know, in my hobby, I listen to British radio and stuff like that, is the foe was a story coming to coming to England as soon as he came to Toronto, right? You know, him going to KPR, him going, you know, coming for the next transfer window and all this kind of stuff. You know, again, I don't know. I guess the only issue, I don't think it's the issue of boredom, but I guess the issue of Giovinco is if Giovinco thinks he's good enough and Italy comes calling and they say we're not going to sign it we're not going to put you on the team because you're playing in the MLS that would be the only story significant story you know outside of injury you know things out of his control um, that I could see you know being an influence in the future right but again I think it's um, Juventus won the championship today in a very boring 1-0-0 game. So you could have been on the bench there. You could have been part of, you know, the, right? Like you're making the same amount of money. You're, yeah. you know, in a community that you mostly like. Supposedly he's driving around a large um, Porsche uh, SUV. Yeah. Uh, it's not a Fiat. No. Based on, it's not an Ignali car. No, so, yeah, you're right. So, uh, you know, I think he's having a good life so far. But... I don't know. Maybe that's just. So you came back as cynical TFC fans. Yeah. You know, we're all happy TFC fans. And you know, the one, the one thing I want to ask you: Were you? Yeah, this must be like a. Weird I mean, you've been you've been away for a bit. Time culture shock. <laughs> would you have thought that Jay Chapman would have been the first TFC two guy that was going to start? No. Translating, trans, transitioning over to the senior oh, team. Yeah, you have no. this insight. I, I thought it was going to be a Hamilton, or or a Babuli or someone like that. Yeah. I I don't know. Well. Again, you guys informed me about uh, Altidore, which would have 
all the more supported that argument. But oh, I like Jay Chapman. I like what I've seen of him in, in USL. Yeah. He deserves to, to be Sorry. a part of that squad, a part of the, the first team squad. I, don't, I think it's good to get him games and minutes in the USL when he needs them. Yeah. And if you, and he's, but I don't think he's a fodder for the bench. I think he's a useful player. Yeah, and I also say, going back to the tactics, if we are comfortable with Morrow and Morgan on the wings, and so our right winger and our left winger is not as important because they're the ones who can play those roles, you know, having technical guys in the center, like what Cesario sometimes does with what he's capable of doing with the, you know, playing that role kind of thing, it makes the team more, you know, dynamic. Dynamic, and, and, and you know, he's going to get more, t- a center midfielder is going to get more touches of the ball than a, and if we go around the horn, uh, Damien Perkey, man of the match. Yeah, I thought that was a... Uh, he, wasn't he the guy who gave the penalty? No, it was Morgan, actually. Oh, was it? Morgan okay. 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 I, okay. Does that, like, obviously, Jovinko was incredible, but uh, I would have probably maybe leaned with Justin Morrow on this game. I thought he was awesome. But have awesome. they ever picked the same guy twice in a year? That's <laughs> <laughs> true enough. We do call it the Employee of the Week Award, actually. <laughs> I think it just gets passed around. I think everyone gets a different crack at that. Everyone's going to be announced some at some point, right? Yeah. I, Sorry, I would have went Javinko. Yeah. So I mean, it is going to get ridiculous when Javinko is like his. Yeah. He's standing there with like. I mean, know, he got a fourteen week, so man of the match get, awards in his arms. He got it last week. He can't get it again. But I mean, it's true. Like you can't, you can't just pass it around. Just because. I don't know if there's any. I, I loved how they awarded it to him, and he just. Before they like the camera was sort of fixed on it, and he just sort of, sort of passed it off. He didn't even stand to take the picture. Was I was like, oh, that's yeah, beautiful. No, I, that. I, I loved it. I thought, yeah, that's how you should treat this. <laughs> Give it right back. Because well, <laughs> he probably champagne. thought it too, right? Give it right back on the camera. The camera. They give champagne in England, don't they? Oh, I maybe. Yeah, or they give a bottle of some alcohol, which is probably a better. Yeah, sure. Maybe they get an Esquire watch. Did you see that miss? You're missed by Osario. People were complaining about Osorio missing it, but I just felt like it was a t- that was a tough one. Yeah. I mean, he was running to get on. And the keeper was the coming th- at him. So here's the thing. I mentioned this briefly. I said, like, one of the things that was different about today's game was that the ball was being serviced in the area that it needed to be, in the six-yard box. And then we saw it multiple times. And Osar- that was one Osorio. I think we started catching on. Fuck, we can get the ball up there, and we can get it into dangerous scoring positions. And I think our players reacted to it. Like, they started... We've never been in that position before. We've always been sort of playing defense or like some version of defense. Right? I think we've never had a forward-going game. This is the first time I've seen a forward-going game. That's how I think that like we've turned a corner. But maybe it's the opposition, like you're saying, Aaron. And I do think that yeah. you know the, the team is probably a crappy team, so we need to see it against a better team, right? So anyway, I would also just, add to that that it was great to see. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's great to see. When we have Joe Vinko on our team, before 99% of the times those runs would be wasted. Sure. Right, they would make the runs, and they would. So they're, I yeah, think they're, yeah. they're, these guys are st- starting to learn. Shit, I should continue with my it. runs, and I should expect the ball. Well, because now it's probably going to come to me. And arguably, Osario will be the guy who's going to work best with Giovinco because they're both have some technical. As long as he doesn't get in the way of his shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like last week. Um, but arguably, you know, and this is one of the things that I've always. Um, um, you know why a Javinko guy is needed because it allows you to put players on you know and, and Kamal can go into more of this but it allows you to put players like Chapman and and Ozero and on de- develop uh, and develop them yeah. and still be successful because of these because of the skill that Javinko has 
And if we get out of the game, there's a few sights and sounds I think worth I think so too. worth mentioning. Um, the, you know, the first one I wanted to say because we touched on this before in terms of the enthusiasm was I would say a tip of the hat. Definitely those points in the game before the second half that you could see like in one fourteen, where I think that's inebriati now, where you you could hear it and you could see that it was starting to catch on the songs around the stadium. And it just sort of reinforces or reminds what we've been saying for the last few years in terms of like, if you just leave this and let it, people do what they got to do, yeah, yeah. Then and then of course if the team starts playing well along with it, then the whole stadium yeah. starts yeah. energy starts to build. And then the, down the stretch, you know, it was it was starting to feel like some of the good games we've had over the years. Yeah. And it, and it didn't die out. And, and well, it's always amazes me, you know, growing up in the city is, is is that, you know, Toronto City exists, but there's also an audience that appreciates. It's interesting because I think the seats we were in were not a supporter section, but were probably the cheapest seats, um, you know, equivalent to the Grays, I guess, in the old Maple Leaf Gardens or something like that. And it was, you know, the atmosphere, or, or I used to go to the old uh, Jays games, Exhibition Stadium, and yeah. sing in the general mission. Yeah. And, you know, you get that atmosphere, but it, it was a soccer crowd, right? Like, they were aware of what was going on. It wasn't people just, you yeah. know, winning free tickets and, and going to a game. It was, right. you know, they were into the game as much as anybody. And so even us, who were far distant from, still had an, an atmosphere. Like, we didn't get the singing full blast, but we still had an atmosphere around us that made it feel like you were in a soccer game and yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, I thought it was exciting. The, the smoke. Smoke is something new. I, I don't... Remember it was there last year. Smoke. Oh, it was. There just wasn't a lot of goals. So, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of reasons. For <laughs> a lot of reasons for it to go off. Okay, well, that's exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, and and, and you're right. The energy it just seems different. I don't know if it was me being away for 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 a while and then coming back and seeing it. An amazing game yeah. built off. You know, what I mean, like like I said, it was an incremental performance. So. There may have been, yeah, there may have been some energy building up from last week's performance, and I would say that down the stretch. I mean, the, the I still have one game etched in my mind where it was the home game against Motagua in the Champions League, where that whole the whole South End in unison was doing that sort of slow clap that builds up to the you know TFC, and today I mean there was gaps in the South End, but there was a point in today's where it almost was going off. A vast majority of the South End was trying to was almost pulling it off. Well, I was going to make a joke earlier on. You know, maybe the rain was a good thing because it scared off half of the non. But I don't know, think that I don't, I don't think it's not, a joke actually. I it's not think, a joke. I think that <laughs> it's true. I think in the inclement weather, you get like people sticking it out. They've already yeah, gone yeah. through the worst, and now they're they're staying. And I do think that that's when you get people, and I think also get people out of their seats and other things like that. They just start participating and responding. It's always the games with the rain that are the most exciting. Yeah, I'm not usually like up and like bouncing around and like shouting things, but it's always been weeknight games when it's been raining, running up and down the aisle and (laughs) shouting and being like, when the play is like they're on a counter attack and just like losing my mind. It's like most of the time you're just like sitting there quietly because you don't want to bump into the two girls next to you or like the family, the kids that are like you know eating their hot dogs. My other sight and sound that I wanted to start do a review of every week is the ticket. And I noticed this year oh. that they, oh, <laughs> I want to make an observation. Yeah, I want to make an observation how mo- the Madrid tickets this year looks like every player is in the midst of taking a, a big shit, <laughs> <laughs> as though they've been constipated for three or four, maybe even five days. And today is Joe Bendik releasing a giant turd after 
about five days. However, he is walking, so he, he could be angry from stepping in a turd. That's the other thing I was suggesting it maybe happening. It resembles the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, and last last week was Al the door who he was he was pushing something out. It was painful. So just a just a something to observe there. And then the last, I think the last thing I wanted to note was it was. I know they're they're I think they're trying to correct uh, last week's uh, De Rosario tribute because it kind of didn't really go off at all. Uh, I don't think people even knew. Like, well, Ashton Morgan. Well, he retired. Tribute. He retired. I think they didn't couldn't have two tributes in one night. No, but I mean, De Rosario retired and they didn't say anything, and he retired no, a while Ashton ago. But Ashton Morgan's hundredth game, like you can't change that, right? But so, they've never had a player. They're never going to have another player. Yeah, it, it makes you think that they're never going to have another player that plays a hundred games for this team, right? Which is worrisome. Well, but, the question—the question with De Rosario, and you know, it's connected, and you know, with all the Argo stuff and everything like that. But we were making a comment because they had the video of all his goals or something like that at the halftime. Most of them weren't with and, the Toronto FC. Yeah, well, no, that's my point. That? No, that's my point. Like, like De Rosario. That's not, not MLSE, is it? <laughs> no, it's rare. No, but De Rosario's impact—he has a huge impact. You know, even on, on my league, Twitter account, sure. I have his stats in my background. He has a huge impact on the league. This league, and for and sure. and probably during the most. For lack of a better term, most pathetic time of Canadian soccer, he was the the only person, right? So it's almost like, you know, I know they're planning to do sort of a testimonial or something like that, and you know, Toronto C has every right to do what they want for the player, but it's almost it should be a Canadian testimonial, right? Because that's the more, you know, that's the stronger role. In Didn't the he score that player. winning goal in Montreal for the Voyager Cup? Oh man, that, that should have been in the real. You know what they should have put in the real is I. Etched in my mind, I'll always remember him for the halftime interview on that game, where well, I think it was Jerry Dobson, and he made a comment being like, "Yeah, like you guys are up like two one or something like that, or three one, but you need, you know, you got to win this game five one to advance. You like, you know, kind of like you're not gonna do it." And he just looked at him deadpan and being like, "Come on, come on, Jerry." Forty-five minutes left, man. Yeah. Oh no, no. <laughs> you know, no, just no, like and, and he was dead serious. He was like, "What do you, what do you mean? This game is not done. Like, we can, we can win this game." And he, and then he goes out and scored that. He, I think he, I don't know if I remember it was a breakaway, but I distinctly remember him. He did have this break where he went in like coast to coast and scored this incredible goal. And you were like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. Yeah. And that's the that's the only game. Well, and then that's the know, only game the other, at home. You know, yeah, I've been yeah. jumping up and down. Yeah. <laughs> out of my well, seat. And then the other issue, you For know, sure. the, the, his issue, or where people have issues with Dero, the salary increase he was looking for is like ten percent of the salary now that Altador, you know, Giovinco and Bradley have, right? Like, yeah. I think he was fully justifiable for his asking for, you know, for his thing, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so my question is, I know your your feelings on the wall of fame do we put him in the wall of fame because i, want, I got a better question is I there anyone you'd, you'd swap i want to sneak off the it, wall of fame for him easily at night and put myself or someone up on the wall of fame mm-hmm. <laughs> i would, look I would take this. off the first person <laughs> you got in there. The okay here's here's a challenge this people who sit in what is it section 221 i will i we will pay for a giant de rosario decal t- like red shirt if you someone sticks it over top of Jim Brennan's, yes, <laughs> for sure, and that's what I'm getting at. Let's be let's be real. Let's be real. And let's again. If you look, I know it's like Toronto FC Wall of Fame, but I think if this club wants to stay, lay, lay a claim or stake a claim as the club for the city of Toronto, yeah, yeah. right, not just from 2007 until now. He won multiple Player of the Year awards for this league. He's won he's won MLS cups. I mean, he's in terms of just not just MLS, but. You know, like you said, Canada and Toronto. As a Toronto boy, he just happened to play for our team. 
Yeah, for me, he should be up there. Yeah, for me, you shouldn't have one in the first place. But if True. you're gonna have one, in the, if you're gonna have one, he should be on it. Yeah, and well, you're gonna talk about Toronto. You don't even yeah. like this is the this is the wall of fame. For I think Toronto. I think a fair comparison to D Row is he's the Canadian Landon Donovan. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Right, and yeah. and you know I think the I think the MLS the is trying to embrace that, but I think the you know but I think that everybody involved in you know relate to Canadian soccer. Well, should maybe also we'll see one up there next week, right? For the, or uh, June twentieth, whenever that memorial game is, right? Yeah. Oh, he's not dead. <laughs> Tribute, not memorial. No, sorry, 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 not the memorial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we're just talking to be on D Rose team. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're gonna find eleven guys to join them. Right? Yeah. 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 We're we're saying who's gonna be on that yeah, team? Does, does anyone think? Does anyone think Mo, Mo Johnson is gonna be on his team? <laughs> Paul Burns, is he coming out for that one? <laughs> is he coming out for that testimonial game? Who else? Who else was the coach? Precky. You don't think Precky's going to be playing in that game? Although you can't put Precky out. He'll hold the ball the whole time. Yeah. No one else will get <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, that was pretty fun. I think we're going to leave We're going to leave it at that. I'm sure we get a bit more. Should we do upcoming things coming up? Well, I mean, upcoming, obviously, is uh, we got, we're going to wait to D.C. That's a big test yeah. um, to see how things go up that. And then we're returning home against New York City. Is that the next game? The NYCFC? Yeah, I think so. That's, that's the testimonial. <laughs> the memorial game. Yeah, the memorial game. <laughs> and around the horn, uh, we got uh, PXI on the south side. <laughs> you guys, you can catch you in a whole bunch of different places, though, right? Yeah. Uh, you still have EMB Sports, though, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I would recommend people checking out PXI. They're on Twitter, Prospect11, and the website, of course, which will have Lots of new updates now that Kamal's back. Yeah. So he'll be doing some stuff from his trip in Jamaica and telling everyone who's going to punish Canada in the, in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Is that what we should expect? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be doing some stuff on U20 World Cup. going to be doing some stuff on Copa America. All the major tournaments because it's a packed summer. We also yeah. have the RNO Women's. That's World coming Cup up too, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And in terms of Jamaica... Not to give anything away, but I talk about the Red Stripe Premier League, and I guess when you read it, you can maybe make some comparisons to MLS, and oh, it's a lot of good stuff. Plus, I talked to a, a, a Red Stripe Premier League team in an interview, which will be up there as well. Great. Steve Perry, we know where you are now. People, are, I'm sure your, your radio number is going up. Sunday okay. nights, Sunday okay. nights, yeah. CIUT. Yeah, 10 o'clock. Equalizing the store. Tomorrow we're doing a feature on Serbian punk. There you go. Did you get? Did you send him the uh, link, the football link? No, you know the history. I, I, well, I don't know if we need to put this on the podcast, but the history of why American football exists is McGill and Harvard were to have a soccer match, and McGill was practicing rugby, and suggested to Harvard that they try this afterwards. And Harvard liked it and went back to Harvard, canceled their soccer program, and started American football. And it's officially the first ever game really? of American football. No so, and the CFL too, right? Wow. Because this was before the CFL, and so McGill was playing it. So it all circled <laughs> back to Argoland back in the BMO field. But, I no so I think you mentioned something in the pod last week, so I thought it was funny. Yeah, that football against football. Football against football, right? So yeah, yeah, football against football. Right? Football so against football. Right? so yeah. the original story is football versus football. <laughs> yeah, for sure it is. Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea. I'm going to leave that in. Okay. That was a good story. Okay, and yeah, you guys can catch me at ClarkRNO or have your say at rednationonline.ca. 
uh, we've been getting lots of discussion lately on uh, through Twitter or email. So keep it up. Let us know what you think. I know we we pinged out a few things there about uh, you know who you'd want to see on the wall of the wall of sh- fame. <laughs> I'm such shame. Uh, wall of fame. Uh, I would be interested to know and uh, throw some other names out there, uh, and we'll just uh, carry it over to the next game. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for coming out, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Eastside Stand-Up is the only Toronto FC podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at RedNationOnline or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online. From the Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, the Footy Roundup, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.